agree on that though at this point like taxation it's not voluntary no matter what it's used for it's still theft it's still I, taking I, something i would not that i would not i'm not gonna agree with you that taxation is theft. i think taxation can suck and it does suck for the most part but how is but it not I, theft if you own the fruits of your labor you own your money and the government takes it from you involuntarily how is that any different from theft it's, it's uh, I attribute it to more or less paying rent for living here. Right, but you know? when I pay rent, I choose to, I have a voluntary contra contractual agreement with a landlord and I'm happy exactly. to pay rent because I get a service from that and it's accountable and I can terminate that, that voluntary agreement anytime. The government yeah. is involuntary. That's the and only people, difference people. between the government and any other organization is that it is the only, like Walmart doesn't point guns at you and force them, force you to shop at Walmart. All right, so uh, this should be a pretty pretty interesting episode for this one. Uh, I actually have a longtime friend of mine uh, joining the podcast that I was in the Marine Corps with, uh, Jackson Jarvis. Uh, well, yeah, how are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, just been working and you know riding out this COVID nonsense. So just yeah. hanging out. Yeah, well, we agree on that. This should be a good episode because uh, Jackson and I were were both recon Marines. We trained with each other here and there, um, and uh, I consider him a, a good friend. Um, but we're going to be debating today about uh, probably the number one topic that I'm most passionate about, which is government and the idea of okay, are these these this government thing? Are these governments helpful, <clears throat> or are they more harmful than helpful? And uh, we basically agreed to just, you know, have a conversation because a lot of people, when they disagree now, they just don't talk with each other. So we want to talk with each other um, and, uh, you know, not personally attack each other and, you know, keep things human, but exchange and, you know, exchange some perspectives. So um, I guess I can just kind of start with my opening statement. Uh, and then we can go from there unless you want to start off. Um, yeah, I'll just give a, a quick, quick introduction. I know you already hit briefly. So um, I'm Jackson. Uh, I served five years in the United States Marine Corps as a, a recon Marine. And then the last three years of my enlistment, I was a force reconnaissance Marine. Um, I've traveled all over Southeast Asia, been in a couple countries in Europe, um, spent a good deal of time in different countries. So, um, but that's about it. Other than that, I live back here in the States and just work, getting ready to go to school. Right on, man. Cool. Thanks for giving the introduction. Um, okay. So I hold the belief, which I obviously haven't always held the belief. I've been called crazy for holding this belief. And I'm willing to because I have strong convictions in it. And I believe that the existence of government violates basic moral principles, which you were taught, you know, in kindergarten, I was taught, you know, in kindergarten when we were five and, uh, that's don't hit, don't steal, you know, don't lie. Um, I look at governments as, uh, basically organizations that have a monopoly on the use of force. I think they lie to people. I think they are harmful. And I don't think they're necessary. So um, 
So that's my stance. Uh, Jarvis, what's your stance on government? Uh, for the most part, I do think that governments are a necessary evil. I think for throughout a lot of history, we've seen um, people, you know, preying on the weak when there is a lack of a structure of some sort to keep the peace, basically. And you've all, we've also seen in history that, you know, some governments get out of control with the use of force and they do do terrible things to their own people, to their neighboring countries, you know. And uh, but unfortunately, I think it is something that is needed in the world because I just do not after traveling, I do not see people being able to just live together without there being. I guess you could say a fear of something coming in and potentially taking their life away, whether it be, you know, capital punishment or life in prison or even taking away years of, you know, your freedom. So I think it government is very necessary. Yeah. I mean, I would venture to say that a life in prison would be like something that government would, would do, but I don't know. I don't know what you meant there. But like, like, a government is something that has rules, right? So like we have all the laws here in the U S and then for you in Mexico, you break those laws. The government comes in and says, Hey, you broke this law. And now there's consequences for that. So, so I feel like there yeah, needs so, to be something like that. Right. Okay. So let's, let's just define, I mean, what, what is government? Well, I'll let, I'll let you start on that one. I would define I mean, I, government as uh, a group of people who claim to have a monopoly on the use of force. Okay. And then, so I would define government as a power that is instated or given the right to rule, whether by force or a willing populace. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll ask some really basic questions here. I'm not insulting your intelligence, but... You know, I'm making sure we're on the same page. All right. Um, do you own yourself? I think we've had this discussion before. Uh, I would say for the most part, yeah. For the most part? Yeah, like I'm in control of my own actions. I can go out and do what I want to an extent as long as that doesn't infringe on someone else's rights or freedoms or personal safeties, again, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. My the right to swing. There's that saying: the right to swing my fist ends when it hits your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, as long as you're not hurting anybody, nobody should. So that that was my second question: is if and go ahead and speak into the mic a little bit more when you when you talk. Uh, my second sure. question: is it is it wrong? Is it immoral to use violence or coercion on a peaceful individual? I mean, depending on like that is so situational dependent. And I feel like that is such a loaded question because for the most part, you can see that like if someone is being peaceful and then like to go like use of force, like that is that is a huge scale. Like, are you talking like, all right, now I'm going to forcefully pick you up and move you and put you somewhere else? Or and now am I going to use force that endangers your life, your limbs? 
like other people around you. Yeah. I mean, any kind of force, like I, I believe that if, you know, if nobody's harming me, right. I, I have no reason to harm them unless they're like a direct, you know, clear, clear and direct threat to my life. And, you know, if they're pointing a gun at me or, you know, telling me they're going to break in my house, something like that. But I mean, you would agree with that, right? If if nobody's, if nobody's hurting you, you wouldn't want to hurt them. Well, I mean, yeah, I could, you, you can say that for most things, but if like I had a group of 40 people just standing outside my house, blocking my driveway, not letting me leave and that they're not doing anything. They're just sitting there. Like I'm going to use some amount of force to make them leave. Like, cause that, like, I don't want, you know, a bunch of people in front of my house. Yeah. I, I would venture to say that that's still a violation of your freedom of movement, right? Like if a, you know, group of 40 people, surround you when you're standing in public and, and don't let you watch whatever direction you you choose then that's still a violation of your right to move okay, but so. i was just going to say so so just to to the reason i asked those two questions is because government cannot exist without violating those two things so if you agree with those things you are an anarchist you just do not realize it yet well again like i also think that people just cannot govern themselves like people just do not have the capacity and I've gone around the world. I've seen places that are damn near anarcho like governments. Like they just, the strong prey on the weak unless someone is there to stop them. And I just, but I if just you're saying people can't have, govern themselves, then is the government not comprised of people? Yeah. But those are people that have been put in a place or have, you know, taken a position of power and they still instill rules and regulations to keep people in check. I mean, because you can go to some of the most dangerous countries in the, the world, right? And there is some form of government there that has established laws and rules. And if you break them, there is a punishment. It may not be as you know universally enforced across the country or the area, but there are rules and there are consequences for breaking those rules. And it is because of a government, per se, that is in power. I mean, to me, it just doesn't make sense to say, okay, people can't be left unchecked and we need a government which is comprised of people left unchecked because the government is like literally the most unaccountable organization in all of mankind, right? If you, if you mess up in your job, right, you get fired. If you, you know, the government is not accountable for, for things they do wrong. Um, and that's would, why, and actually, so, so going into this, that's why in my view, I think human beings, you know, can figure out a private way of living life, whether it be roads or defense or whatever, you know, private organizations are, are often much more accountable than public government organizations. I'm sure you I, can I agree would, with me on that. I would say, I mean, to in a certain extent, right? Like, obviously, if you look at small businesses, they are very much held accountable for everything and anything that they do right they have a small customer base and they need to be accountable for all their stuff now if you look away from that and you look at a company like nestle that has this massive monopoly on a million different things there is like nobody's going to do anything because like what is like how do you impose like rules and regulations for them right you usually a lot of these companies you give them massive fines but if you know you're talking about a company that makes hundreds of billions of dollars a year you can give them a billion dollar fine and they're not going to care i agree so i I agree that 
you know, while some people in the government aren't necessarily held to the same standard that, you know, the average day citizen is, they are still held to a higher standard. And they still like we still have congressmen and senators and representatives that, you know, they get arrested, they get put in prison, they get caught. And, you know, they are still held to the same standards that the average day citizen is. Now, do they have the resources that the average day citizen doesn't have? Yes. And can they fight the law? Absolutely. I want to I want to make it more more principled, more basic. Is taxation theft? I I feel like that that is like a super opinionated question. I think I would say it's probably a pretty objective question. No, because I mean, if you have a terrible opinion of the government, you're obviously going to think you're being cheated out of your money. But if you have a strong support of the government, you're going to be like, hey, this is necessary for the government to continue the projects that are going to do. That's why I feel like it's an opinion based question. So, I mean, yes, uh, if somebody wants to pay their taxes, then technically they're voluntarily paying it. However, if you do not pay your taxes, what happens? Well, then you break the law and you face the consequences. You get audited by the IRS. You know where I'm going with this. Okay. And what if, right? So what if, you know, you don't want to pay for the Iraq war, which costed $6 trillion, got a bunch of people killed. And, or you let's say you're a Christian family and, you know, you don't agree with abortions and you don't want your money going to Planned Parenthood. Right. And you choose, you're not hurting anybody. You have a good job. You know, you're an asset to society. Right. What happens if that person just ignores the IRS and their threats? What happens with that person? What do they do? Well, first of all, that person's still breaking the law. I mean, whether they support every policy that is in place by their state, local, federal government, the, the law is you still have to pay that. You can disagree. And the good, the cool thing about the U.S. is there are... 50 different states that all have such different cultures. You can go to a place that supports almost all of your political beliefs. Federally taxes is still, still involuntary though. I mean, you, you know what happens? They're going to kidnap, they're, you know, they're going to send men with guns and shiny badges, you know, shirts that say IRS. They're going to come to your door. They're going to point, point guns at that person, right? Use physical violence and lock them in a cage. Because they're they're breaking the law, <laughs> but like you see, you see how that's an inherently violent and involuntary system, right? I yeah, but I still you are still choosing not to pay your taxes. Like you, there correct, is correct because you are right, taking an action, yeah, and there are consequences for your actions. So if you decide I'm not doing this, and the consequences, you know, people with guns and shiny badges come to your house and say, hey, you know, we've given you six months you have to pay this or you're going to prison Sure. and you say, no, uh, go screw yourself. Yeah. You know, no one likes to get told to, you know, go screw themselves. So you're obviously going to go to prison. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So, you know, when we're little kids in school and we're taught, you know, don't steal, we weren't told unless it's because you worked for the government. And if I were to go up to you, and, you know, point a gun at you and say, I want 30 to 50% of your income every single year or else I'm going to, you know, throw handcuffs on, on you and lock you in a cage. Everybody on planet Earth would agree that that's an act of violence. But when the government does it, <clears throat> somehow it's okay. And, 
you know, you got to think, have you ever heard of the term cognitive dissonance? What was that? It's this term called cognitive dissonance. And it's basically the idea that, okay, if you've been told one thing your whole life and somebody comes along and tells you something that's opposite of that, even if it's true, you can't accept it because it's so difficult to accept, you know, and when we're, I don't know if you went to public school or private school, it doesn't really matter because each well, like baby got that, <laughs> <laughs> got that two, two cent education there, but <laughs> so uh, we agree. Okay. Public education shit. We agree with that. That's good. Um, but I mean, you know, starting from when we're five, we're told that we need the government, the government, you got to think about how crazy this is, right? That you have this system that is taking five-year-olds from their parents putting them in a room where they're closed off to the, the entire world. And, you know, the government is educating you. So, I mean, is it, is it reasonable to say that maybe you think we need a government because it's had such a big influence on your life? I would say I need, I not, I need a, like, that's a hard question because uh, public school now, it, yeah, a lot of it comes from federally mandated things. And if states don't follow that, they lose all the federal aid and funding. You have other, you have some states that, you know, they're like, whatever, we'll teach whatever we're told to teach. And you got other states that say, well, now we're not going to teach this. But either way, it's the government that's, that's teaching. Yeah. But you now have states individually. Now they're teaching stuff that is approved by members of their local communities versus, uh, organization that is just so i would say detached or distanced itself from like the basic like american lifestyle or wherever you go for your education yeah because but it is nice to have something standardized across you know something as large as the u.s that way everything everybody has somewhat of a basic understanding of things that you know, whether you believe it or not, should or need to be known. Yeah. So totally disagree. Uh, the literacy rate in America decre has decreased since the inception of public education. And the history of public education is actually never even taught to teachers. And it comes from the Prussian system, which it basically... There's a teacher, uh, he's passed away now, but his name was John Taylor Gatto. And he won teacher of the year for multiple years while basically giving the system the middle finger. <clears throat> and uh, he talks about this, you know, he says, we're not taught about the history of education in America. And basically the Prussian system, you know, uses the bell to get kids to, you know, get up, go to the next class. It uses uh, rope learning. So just memorizing information and then forgetting it. Very authoritarian based education. But I mean, my original question was, do you think that the, your perception of government could be influenced because the government, quote, teaches us since we're five? I would venture to say the answer is yes. But moving on to the taxation thing, I mean, the question is ultimately, if you own yourself, then you own your property, right? I mean, to an certain extent, like we have, as a, I would say, as a species, we've evolved over, you know, the last 10,000 years that, you know, if you want something, you have to buy it and you pay for it. Do you and own that house? <laughs> yeah, but I paid the taxes for it and I paid, actually, no, this was a gift. <laughs> so, okay, but you still own it, right? Yeah, but 
So, okay. Like taxes. So if you, if you look at taxes solely as theft, right? Like that's just somebody taking your money and hoarding it. Basically, I would say, no, that's not okay. And any extent or any, any right, but our taxes don't, that's not what happens with them. Our taxes go to infrastructure projects. If you live in a state like California and New York, they go to massive welfare projects. If you live here in Utah, it's all infrastructure. And there are a lot it's been, uh, they've been trying to fund the education system because we don't have enough teachers and the teachers here are underpaid and understaffed. And that's a big issue here. So the I'm pulling taxes, something up online that's going to blow your mind. Hang on. Feel free to keep chatting. I was going to say like taxes go to things. Now, do I feel like it needs to be kept better track of? Absolutely. I feel like, especially the military, the DOD budget, there is a ton of waste in that budget and it needs to be addressed. So I'm trying to find uh, the actual name. So, you know, it appears more, uh, more credible. I can't, I can't find the actual uh, name of the, the, the court case, but Basically, there's a former IRS agent who, who publicly speaks about this a lot. The income tax is actually used to pay off the national debt. That's a real thing. Like it's it's not a conspiracy theory. It's 100 percent proven. Um, I wish I could find. I posted it on Twitter the other day. But yeah, dude, the income tax is a total lie. Like it was it was actually originally supposed to be temporary to pay for World War One. Government said it would be temporary, which obviously it's not. And, and I mean, the, the basic the thing is, the basic thing is, okay, you know, if you own your body, you own yourself, then you own your property as well. You know, I own this shirt, I own this coffee mug. It's not moral for somebody to come and take my stuff, no matter what the excuse is. It's not, it's not moral, you know, because it is my stuff and somebody is using force to get my so, stuff right, and taxation so what, is a violation of that because you own your money. You own the, you own the fruits of your labor. If you work, you know, 10 hours a day and you get paid for that day, I can't go up to you and say, Hey, you know what? We need to pay for roads. So I'm going to steal your money. That's still an immoral act. I mean, that can we so, agree on that? I would say no. Cause I don't agree that taxation is all theft. I feel like it has good uses and it is implemented implemented in a decent way here in the united states now is the income tax super high yes would i love to see it go down get cut in half get cut and you know be a quarter of what it is now absolutely i would love more money nobody is going to argue that but the tax system it has issues and it needs to be readdressed but it is such a massive system that nobody wants to tackle it because i think people are too lazy or they just they don't want to take on that kind of burden yeah, I, I just don't agree with that because, I mean, well, so, even if it, here's the thing, because even if it's used for a moral cause, the act of obtaining that money is done immorally. I mean, like, yeah, you can say that. But. Right. So even if it's for a noble cause, right, me going up to you and pointing a gun at you and saying, I worked for the government, I have a badge. Somehow there's this social contract, which nobody signed. And I have, I have some sort of right to take your money, right? That's Yeah, but if you're not okay with that, everyone is free to leave. Like, it is once, like, did you leave? I, I did leave uh, for right? many reasons. But uh, okay, no, the, okay. the whole argument was that, it impossible? You know, you can, what's up? I'm gonna, 
Was it impossible? No, of course not. Was it extremely difficult? Uh, yes. It was extremely difficult to move from the U.S. to Mexico. Yes, it was. How's it was that? not easy. Yeah, it was not easy. And here's the thing, dude. I mean, yes, like <clears throat> I understand your perspective of, you know, if you don't agree with certain cultural values or whatever, you have the right to leave. I get that. But, you know, at the same time, if you're born in an area, right, you don't have a say where you're born. And it's a big area too. You got a thing. I mean, there are 330 million people being grouped in this, this arbitrary line, which the government calls the United States of America, which really doesn't exist. It's just, it's a line on, on a map, which politicians call it a certain name. Um, but, uh, you know, there's the social contract thing, which everybody talks about. And they say that that somehow gives the government the right to do this. But where is this contract? Because I didn't sign it. And actually going even more into that, if you're talking about, okay, well, you know, if you don't want to pay taxes, then you can leave. Uh, what happened to the first part of the Constitution? So I'll, I'll just read this real quick. If you give me about, you know, 60 seconds. First part of the, uh, excuse me, Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, no matter, excuse me, to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Here's the part that we need to listen to, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. I do not consent <clears throat> to billions of my tax dollars being paid for fucking Pfizer, Moderna, all these vaccine companies getting money. I don't consent to my money being stolen and used for wars. I don't consent to my money being stolen and used to pay for plant, Planned Parenthood and abortions. I don't consent to that shit. I'm a peaceful person. And millions right? of Americans are right there with you, man. Yeah. So, I mean, that's I a problem. A, a roughly about I mean, can we agree that that's a problem to take millions of Americans money and use it for things that they don't morally agree with like that? Can we just agree that that's an inherent problem? I, yeah, like that sucks, but like, that's not only what your money goes to, you know, like if, like if you're on the super liberal side of things, that money goes to welfare programs for the less fortunate. That goes to helping drug addicts, helping prison inmates. Like that money goes places. Like if you're super conservative, that goes to um, like the NRA and stuff like that to help defend your Second Amendment rights. To get lawyers for people, you know, that are in prison for ex exercising their Second Amendment rights. And God forbid, right now, if you wanna, if you believe it or not, like conservatives being censored on tw twitter facebook I believe it. on I instagram censored. like all these places like that that helps fund lawyers when these you know republican candidates go up and sue these you know these groups so like, yeah okay so i i feel like we do agree on that though at this point like taxation it's not voluntary no matter what it's used for it's still theft it's still I, taking I, something I not, that doesn't not, to you. I would not, I'm not going to agree with you that taxation is theft. I think taxation can suck and it does suck for the most part. But how is but it not I, theft if you own the fruits of your labor, you own your money and the government takes it from you involuntarily? How is that any different from theft? It's, it's I, I attribute it to more or less paying rent for living here. Right. But you know? when I pay rent, I choose to 
I have a voluntary contract contractual agreement with the landlord and I'm happy exactly. to pay rent because I get a service from that and it's accountable and I can terminate that, that voluntary agreement anytime. The government is involuntary. That's the and only people, difference people. between the government and any other organization is that it is the only, like Walmart doesn't point guns at you and force them, force you to shop at Walmart, you know? No, I mean, and you can go to any other store. And if you are really that upset about paying taxes, you can find a country that doesn't pay a lot of taxes. But you're also going to find that countries that don't have a lot of taxes and don't have a lot of stuff like that, they don't have very good infrastructure. They do not have very good, they don't have a very good education system, whether you believe ours is flawed or not. They don't have very good uh, policing of their people. Like safety is usually a big issue. Finding food and medicine is a big issue. So I... But you're saying the government should take care of food and medicine. <laughs> they should no, take care no, 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 no. They shouldn't take care of that. The government agencies we have here in the U.S. help regulate that stuff to help keep people safe. I totally disagree. The FDA, I mean, here's an example. The FDA, uh, okay, in 2008, Obama said that he would sign the, mon uh, he, he would basically make it known that if any, you know, food had GMOs in it. Mm-hmm. You know, companies like Monsanto, are you familiar with Monsanto? No, I'm going to give that Monsanto. Yeah, Monsanto is a huge uh, food like corporation. Basically, they have patents on seeds and genetically modified organisms. And it was a yeah. big uh, upset at the time. Obama said he would sign this bill. 2012, uh, with the help of the FDA, he signs the Monsanto uh, Protection Act. So, you know, and then some other examples, like, uh, I believe it was the previous uh, director of the CDC, either her or the one before that, you know, got out and so, got a job with uh, Pfizer paying $3 million a year and $6 million in company stock. Yeah. <laughs> so to, 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 I mean, are you denying that there's absolutely no corruption whatsoever in these regulatory agencies? That is a super extreme statement. I feel like as soon as something gets extremely large, you are going to find a certain amount of corruption in it. To go and say, no, there's no corruption in the ATF, the FDA, the, the Senate, the House of Representatives, the uh, Supreme Court, go and say there's no corruption in these places is ludicrous and it's super naive. Yeah. Now, do I believe that, you know, as soon as one of these massive companies screws up, are they going to do whatever they can to cover their tracks? Absolutely. The, the, like nobody likes to get caught doing something wrong. Like that's just innate human nature. And if it's going to cost you your entire livelihood or your freedom, people are going to do whatever they can not to have that happen. So yes, I, there is corruption in these places. There's corruption in any big, whether it's corporation or. So you're saying, agency. right. But you're saying you want a corrupt organization to regulate people. No. But you just admitted that they're corrupt organizations. They have corruption in them. They're not corrupt as an entity itself. Do I? Do you think every person at the FDA the, or the ATF or the FDA is out to be corrupt and make immoral decisions? No. Most of those people are there because they believe in the job that they are doing. Because I believe most people are inherently good. I agree. Now, do you have bad apples that are charismatic, that are really good at their jobs, that move them, that push themselves up these ladders in these organizations for their own benefit 
and it leads to corrupt practices. Absolutely. You find that everywhere. That's not in like, that is just human nature as well. You will have bad apples that do crazy so, stuff. So why not have, okay, let's say food, for example, right? Like I, I, I don't think human beings need a huge federal government entity to regulate the food that they put in their body. Right. I mean, do we, do we need a lot? Of, I mean, what, what can we do without the government getting involved? I would venture to say we can do healthcare without the government involved. I don't think people need any, you know, organizations regulating food. See, right. I mean, the, at what point the do food, we I, I disagree because you get these large many like, uh, um, like factory farms that do immoral things because it's cheaper. Right. You know, you have a lot of factory farms that get in trouble for doing immoral practices, whether it's, you know, mistreating livestock, doing um, selling sick livestock or like diseased meats. Like there has to be something that comes in and goes, hey, you can't do this. Right. But I, I would venture to say that we we have that. We naturally have that. And there's a, a term in Austrian economics, which we're never taught about in college. We're taught Keynesian economics, which is basically, you know, a bunch of graphs and, you know, people saying, finding a bunch of reasons we need the government to regulate the economy. But in Austrian economics, there's a term called spontaneous order. And that's basically the idea that, you know, human beings will regulate themselves. And we don't need a, a small group of people to, you know, s s somehow naively regulate and control hundreds of millions of people. So, I mean, one example is like uh, traffic lights, places, all over Mexico that have no traffic laws, what's you know, traffic lights whatsoever, and everything's fine. And you know, I could go 1500 miles to America and ask everybody if they think we should have stoplights, and they would think we would die without them. Well, like, I guess, but I'll tell you, traveling in places that have very loose traffic laws and stuff like that, like Cambodia and Vietnam being my two prime examples, and then. Like without there, there are like no traffic laws there and there are always accidents. There are always people getting injured or dying because there's just no law in order to that. I don't think, do I think traffic lights are necessary everywhere? No, my town has one traffic light and it's a main street and it's two big roads that one goes up to a ski resort and the other one goes to the freeway. So it has to have a traffic light because there's just so much traffic on it. The rest of the town is either yield signs or nothing. Yeah. All right. I, I brought this up on, uh, on the phone last time we talked. Chiron is a, a small little city in Mexico where 10 years ago, the people there got uh, pissed off and they kicked out the cartels. They kicked out the police, their mayor, all government. And when you drive in, you know, you got guys our age with, you know, helmets, vests, machine guns, trucks, totally private organization. And they're just making sure that their area is safe. They have a sign uh, on the front, big sign. When you drive up to Chiron, it says, uh, not governed by political propaganda, governed by our own customs and traditions. So, I mean, yeah, but I'm sure you've been I, to areas I would, that- I would, that I'd give you the argument that that is yeah. still a form of government. Like that is the local populace governing themselves. Now, how, how many people live here? 330 million people. No, not in the U.S., sorry. Uh, 36,000 people. Yeah. 36,000 people. So you yep. think you could 
take the what 36,000 people do and apply it to 330 million people? I today I do not. And the reason why is because too many people are dependent on the government, which is why so many people want the government. I mean, tons, so many Americans get their money from the government. It's how they put food on the table, you know, and you're not going to bite yep. the hand that feeds you. However, yep, I, I will say that. that we need to agree that this is not a moral system, right? It taxation is theft, no matter what the excuse is, it's, it's theft. And we should at least work towards finding more peaceful ways to get things done. Like, dude, we literally have fucking supercomputers in our pockets at all times. Like human beings do some, do really cool stuff. And I'm pretty sure we can find a way to make roads. Plus they're already there. Yeah. But those like roads have to be maintained. Like, yeah. Domino's pizza was paving roads a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like it's and private. Well, there are so many ways well, to have roads without government and the tax, the income taxes is places. not even used to pay for roads or infrastructure. Yeah. It's used to pay the national debt. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. But that is why. So the reason why an income tax was announced, because before the income tax, the United States had trouble raising money before an income tax. It was usually road, uh, road tolls and other things like that. So basically the government charging you to drive on the roads everywhere. And the, like they had trouble raising funding, which is why they created the income tax. Now, it was supposed to be temporary. Did the way they implement it, was that shady and deceiving and misleading? Yes. Absolutely, because it was supposed to be temporary. And then they went, this is a lot of money. I'm not going to let this money go. And so they amended the Constitution for an income tax. Right. Now, I think it's just one of those things that it would take an act of God to get rid of the income tax. And you would also find, have to find a suitable replacement for that money. The replacement for that money is private businesses because people will always pay for something they need, always. And generally yeah, but, speaking, but the economy gonna, is like, much better is, when the government is not involved regulating people and making their lives difficult. Talk to any yeah, you founder of any money, business, like, you know, they're going to hate the government. <laughs> Stifles so innovation. That's why places like Hong Kong, where they have extremely minimal government, are booming economies and places like, you know, North Korea are not. Yeah, but I would I would give you the argument that America has one of the strongest economies in the world and North Korea doesn't because we have a super free market and they don't. We don't have a free market. We used to. We used to have a free market for about 100 years and a free market that was on the gold standard. And we were on a gold standard, uh, I believe, for pretty much all through the 1800s. You could redeem uh, one $20 bill for one ounce of gold. In 1933, the government, this is just one example of how it's not a free market. The government, uh, specifically Roosevelt, signed Executive Order 6102. He said, if you own gold, you must, it's not voluntary, Like we are forcing you to turn it into the government. That's exactly what happened. And then what happened after that, a few years later, the government bought back the gold from people at $20 an ounce and then raised the value of gold to $35 an ounce. So they almost doubled their profits <laughs> by doing that. And secondly, that is unconstitutional because article, or excuse me, in 1971, here's another example of how we don't have a free market. 1971, President Nixon uh, 
goes on live television and says, I am removing the uh, dollar from the gold standard. Coincidentally, this was another, another temporary government act. He literally used the word temporary. Okay. We've been off the gold standard for 50 years and we have a communistic central banking system. An article, so let me, let me just finish my, my rant here. In Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, it says, uh, legal tender shall be coined in gold or silver. You can look it up, Article 1, Section 10. It's unconstitutional what our money is today. And I'm going to end on this. You're saying we have a free market. I 100% disagree because the money in your pocket uh, and everybody's pocket in America is uh, fiat currency and central banking. You know, it's used with the central bank. And central banking is actually a tenet of communism. It's, it's, in, uh, it's the fifth tenet of, of communism, which Karl Marx wrote. So how is that a free market? Because okay. the market is more or less controlled by private enterprise, right? Everything but, is supplied. But by I just gave you a enterprise. big reason that, you know, of how the government completely controlled the market. I just gave you a huge reason of how the government completely controlled the free market. With banking or removing it from the gold standard? Both. Well, I'm going to, like, I, yeah, I understand that aspect of it. But the government doesn't control what people buy, how much is produced of what, like, what is allowed to be imported and what's allowed to be exported. They do. Like, that is they all have controlled. Yeah, they, they have. Yeah, but they do it by, like, embargoes against right. countries that we're having disagreements with like china like yeah so so you just contradicted yourself you said the government con doesn't control what you can buy and sell and i you just said that they do yeah but there's other means to obtain that it's not the government saying hey you can no longer buy this item it's hey you know because these people are doing something we're not going to allow something to come from this place now you can get that from anywhere else in the world and the u.s the, like when I say free market, I'm saying that you can come to the U.S. and you can start a company more or less on your own merit and you can control what you are allowed to manufacture. If I want to go start a company that manufactures dildos, I can go start that company and no one can tell me I can't do that. Now, there are certain regulations. Yeah, that's that not true. What if you want to make your own beer? Yeah. Uh, well, you can do that. Uh, we have a ton of buddies and from the Marine Corps that do that. They just don't sell it because it has to be <laughs> so, right. So why don't they sell it? Because they don't want to. No, they don't sell it because they got to pay a big, big, uh, you know, fee for a huge government license and this quote free market. That I mean, you're still free to do that. Like you can no, go. No, not. Do that. What, if, what if you get caught selling alcohol without a license? What happens? Yeah, you face the consequences and you may fail, uh, face jail time or a massive fine. How's that free? <laughs> well you look at well you look at like prohibition right people were doing that anyway right with the yeah. fear of getting caught but mm -hmm. because there was now nothing to regulate the sale of alcohol people were making like swill it was basically the lowest form of alcohol unregulated and it was killing people dude but i agree with you so so much like concentrated alcohol like 99 proof mm -hmm. and it was killing people because they drank too much but how is that not a problem created by government what, what do you mean? It was the, the government banned government alcohol, which caught, right? No, but the government, how is that not created by the government? The government banned alcohol, which created a black market, right? Yeah, but it was because the people wanted it banned, which is why the government banned it. 
the people. Well, who, well, that's another thing we got to think. Of. Who is the people, right? Because if if forty nine percent of the people, like, if fifty one percent of the people say people something should be banned, is that wanted alcohol that banned? So they banned it, and then immediately it was like, oh, why did we do this? Yeah, and you know that's why it was repealed. What like seven years later? Because it was such a big issue. They're like, hey, this needs to be regulated, and you know we just don't want to be breaking the law anymore. But you you see what I mean? How we we don't. Like, dude, I, I understand that it's it's a crazy thought to think, you know, because we have we have so much propaganda telling us we need government. Right. Right. I told you about school when we're five. You know, we've got all these movies praising the military. We've got, you know, basically everything we look at says that we need the government. And then, you know, you hear me say I'm an anarchist. We don't need the I get that it's a crazy thing, but you see where every example I've given and that you've given ends up with the government interfering and making life worse for people. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, but we live in one of the most successful countries in, in the world, like in the history of the world, Mm -hmm. like the people like that's because of the free market though. Well, I, yeah, I guess, but even still, like you look at places like Hong Kong, right. With the riots and the protests, what flags are they waving? They're waving the American flag. You look at Cuba and all their protests. What flag do they wave? They wave the American flag. When a country needs help, who is the first to have people there to help them? Haiti, Japan. Iraq. Um, I, well, I guess you could say Iraq or Afghanistan if you really wanted to. Yeah, if initially. you really wanted to. <laughs> but like all these countries, the first people there to provide aid, and not just like a little aid, like hundreds of millions of dollars in aid is the U.S., and who facilitates the um, distribution of that aid and the facilitation of getting that aid there? But it's do the you US think it's as, listen, I mean, come on, are, are we going to be like, don't you think it's a little naive to say that the, the U.S. government is such a fine and perfect selfless organization? They care about these small no, little countries no, so much. No, that would much, be super naive. just want to come in and, and help way them. out of context and putting words in my mouth that All I right. have not said. All right. All right. But right. So, I mean, here's an example uh, in Haiti. You mentioned Haiti, right? Um, there was, a, you know, the, the U.S. government gave aid and, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton had this uh, agreement with, I believe it was the president of Haiti, where they would give, they would like distribute small little mobile phones to people everywhere. So they could at least communicate with their families for emergencies, all that. Nobody got the phones. Like basically nobody got the phones and the president took all the money. That happens all the time. Like I, yeah. And like, you know, like that is like, does that suck for me, the American taxpayer? Absolutely. Because now my government has failed to make sure that a foreign government has followed through on its profit. So not only does that hurt me, that hurts the intended recipients as well. Like, but there's also, I got a good look at this while looking while working with U.S. the U.S. embassies that I worked at in you know Vietnam, Cambodia, Jamaica, like the U.S. government can only do so much because if they go beyond that, the host country basically cries and goes, "Hey, like you're forcing us to do this. We don't want to do this. You're being a bully, basically." And the U.S. doesn't want that image on the world stage, especially with little countries. Like it does, it works really hard to avoid that. And the only reason I know that is working with these embassy staff, they are of a very, very liberal mindset. And they're, they are, I would classify them as the dreamers, you know, the optimists, the people that like, oh, we can't do no wrong, or there is no wrong way to, you know, help people. 
And so, I mean, I, dude, I have, I have a bunch of friends who are in the military who traveled all over the world and they don't believe in government. I interviewed one of them. He was a recon Marine, Shane Hazel. He's running for governor in Georgia for the libertarian party. Uh, another guy, Adam Kokesh, another Marine who got deployed in second battle of Fallujah. He's an anarchist now. Like there, you know, there are tons of people who've traveled all over the, you know, just because somebody's traveled all over the world doesn't mean that taxation yeah, isn't but theft I'm, or but the I'm existence always, of government is I, not a I would, I would counter, counter that by saying, I know tons of people that think government is mandatory, probably more so than you can find people that say it's not. Right. I'm just so saying, like, you know, the, the argument that you've traveled to certain countries, it, it's, it's anecdotal, right? I, there are tons of other people who traveled to certain countries who view the world completely differently. Yeah, but they had totally different experiences than I did. Right. But that's, that's why I'm saying we have to go back to the principle of, okay, how do governments exist? Where do they get their money? And I, I've you know, given every example of how it's theft and you keep saying it's not, but I don't see like a concrete reason of how it's not. Theft. Well, then I would go back to the, the social contract. Like that is a gen that is generally accepted. Like most Who people signed are it? willing. Did you sign it? Every, I, I didn't sign it. <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. <you> don't <laughs> like saying that is just, where's this contract? You know? <laughs> you can say there's no physical contract and sure i agree if you want a written contract i, I can jam one up i could probably one. get parawan city here okay. you know to put their official stamp on it and i can send it to you to sign if you yeah. really want but what okay so here's my question what happens if i do not metaphorically sign that contract <laughs> well they're gonna use force against me it's a, it's a violent organization they it is literally an organization with a small group of people that believes that they have rights which you do not have like do i as a human being do i have rights that you do not have no okay so does the I government do the politicians in office have rights that you do not have because there are people i think some bad apples believe they do i would not blanket the entire senate or house of representatives with that they all believe they have a right to tax you and take your money yeah because that is consented from us the governed a majority of us it's not at what point do you draw People not consenting. I, I can find uh, a whole lot of people who don't start consent. Tarring and feathering the representatives. I, I uh, also in the Declaration of Independence, it is not just the right of the people to rebel; it is the responsibility. Like that is charged to people to do that whenever they get so fed up with the government. Now, do I believe people are fed up enough? No, because the government provides for so many people. Yeah, and we still have an un godly amount of freedoms and opportunity here that people are for the most part content with the way things are you have to ask for all those freedoms you have to ask for them and if you're asking somebody for your freedom then you're not truly free for example what if i want to carry a gun i carry a gun right but most places okay i'm just going to list all you have to if you want to carry a gun most places in america you either can't like los angeles where i'm from or you need to ask for permission if you want to go fishing, you have to ask for a fishing license. If you want to go camping in certain areas, you have to get a license. You know, it's, it's not I, free I mean, if I you guess, have to ask for like, permission. But you look at the reason why those are implemented, right? For fishing. a lot. Of, so for here in Utah, you need a fishing license to fish in the lakes and reservoirs. That's because the state stocks the fishing in the lakes and reservoirs. So when you buy a fishing license, you're paying for the fish to go into these lakes and reservoirs that are purchased from a private company here in Utah. And usually the private company stocks them themselves. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if you didn't do that and you didn't regulate who is allowed to fish and who isn't allowed to fish, you would just fish out all the lakes. Everyone would like here in Utah, this is specific to Utah, all the lakes, all the reservoirs, all the rivers, they would just get fished out. Like they're, and then nobody fishes and then it's, it's more expensive or impossible to go fishing because there's no fish. Sure. For the campgrounds here, most of Utah is uh, like protected, like protected wildlife or uh, protected forests and stuff like that. So you get a permit to help make sure that people are respecting the area. But, to but your tap, 30 to 50% of your income isn't enough money. <laughs> like, the, dude, come on. The organization that's 20, almost yeah, 30, like trillion, that, that almost is, 30 trillion dollars in debt. Different. You think it's a good idea to have that organization continually take our money? I mean, but what other organization would you put in place? You want 30, so I, I have an answer. 330 million people to govern themselves. It will never yeah. happen. Yeah. So I, I, I have, okay. I understand that. I have an answer for that. I also want to say again, you know, I, we should at least agree that principally, you know, fundamentally, morally, government cannot exist without violating natural law, which is I don't harm you. You don't harm me. However, that being said, I, I also agree with you in the sense that if America tomorrow were to just not have a government, we would have serious issues. And I agree with that. So my, so here's my solution, right? Um, I think the, the more local form of government, the less problems, right? And then if you look at the United States, it was, it was significantly more localized before the, the Civil War. You know, you had independent states. Yeah, and, but that, that also led to some serious problems that led to the Civil War. And even before that... I don't want to argue about the Civil War because that's a whole well, other yeah, thing. Yeah, and that, I, that, I don't believe the official narrative. That's a very crazy topic. But when, yeah. as soon as you know, the United States was formed, right? You know, for the following 20 years, they had massive issues with all the states printing their own currency. You know, everything was a different price in certain places. So you go buy $5 worth of feathers in Massachusetts and also that's $40 in North Carolina. Like it was unregulated and just a nightmare. And they was, they were having an You got to keep in mind, dude, you're getting all this information from school from the government. Yeah, but it's just, you can like, see is that not like, true that all of this history we're taught is from the government? Could it okay. not be manipulated? I mean, I guess, but like you can look at other economies that have had the same issues. That's why most governments go to like standard set of currency because when you have people printing their own money like if every state printed their own currency depending on that state's local economy would mean that quote-unquote dollar is worth more or worth less so that's a huge issue when you have 50 different states all operating under the title of the u.s now trying to go out and purchase things in the world market that that's just that's just asinine that's just ridiculous yeah i i again i i don't agree with the official narrative about the civil war. I don't want to get into all the details on that, but I can tell you, okay, your solution is to have one federal entity controlling money, right? That's basically what you're claiming. And if you look at the, hang on, let's look at the track record of that, right? The US dollar has lost 98% of its purchasing power since 1913, which is when the federal reserve was created, right? So they're doing a horrible job at, at the whole money thing, right? And, you know, I, my point is, all I'm saying is, can we at least agree that it's probably bet? like, let's take the extreme examples. Let's say there was a one world government, right? 
governing the whole world, or there's a, you know, a local small city government where you live, you know, which one do you think would be, would be better for you? I would venture to say that the more localized, the better, right? Yeah, the smaller but, the government. Yeah. Like to an extent, because I mean, you can look back to when, you know, human beings were tribes or like as early as like the Roman period, like, yeah, you could say that like that is probably the best as the most localized government, like the Gaelic tribes and no, I, I, the Germanic I, tribes. Yeah, but the Roman government has all the symptoms of, of the US government. Yeah, they but had... I'm not I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the Roman government, right? Okay. Okay. Keep them aside. I'm talking about like the Germanic tribes and stuff. Those people went to war all the time with each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a constant state of fighting with your neighbors. You look here, the American Indians, right? Constantly at war with each other, you know. So, and then you got, you know, the U.S. comes in, you know, conquers all of that and puts an end to it, whether either by force or, um, you know, buying or selling, you know, maybe it's unfair, you know, that depends on what you want to look at in certain situations. And then you look at the Roman Empire coming in and, you know, basically saying, hey, you're now under this banner, you're going to stop fighting each other, you know, and they did that all across Europe. Yeah. Again, I, 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 I don't agree with the history we're given in schools, but let me, let me just, uh, let me pivot. Let me, let me ask you, here's an interesting one. Uh, I assume you've never looked at the Latin form of the word government. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what it is. The word government in its Latin form, govern, right? I believe is how you, you know, say it, govern, govern, right? Is control and mente is mind, so in its Latin form, it literally means mind control. So here's another one, anarchy, right? We're taught, you know, we, we see all these movies. What's that one? The Purge, right? The Purge where they, you know, they say, oh, there's no government for one day and everybody just goes out and kills each other. And right. Um, anarchy, an, A-N, an means without and archie means ruler. So an anarchist is just somebody that does not believe in having a ruler. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's very bare form. Yeah. But you look at groups like, uh, Antifa, anti-fascist, they literally become what they say they're not. They're just a group of people that run out and use fascist means like violence to get their message across or to enforce their message. So I think there's a lot of people that have used the word anarchy and have, you know, poisoned its meaning. Yeah. So it's like that for someone like you, I feel like that is a a very, very difficult uphill battle and a very difficult hurdle to get people past. Right. You know, just realizing it's not an evil word in a, in itself. It's just been misconstrued and misused by people. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of where else we can go with this. Um, I don't know, man. I almost want to talk about the taxation thing more just because I, I think deep down you you do see how it's theft. Maybe you think we need it, but I, I think there's a possibility you may. So the, the way I look at it, <laughs> right, mind. Is I just think the good that we get from taxation outweighs the inconvenience of me losing income. But I just told you that all the income taxes are used to pay off the national debt. And we right. have roads before. If we don't, taxes. if we don't pay for the national debt, what happens? People just stop trading with us. Everything gets more expensive. 
I would venture to say the reason we're almost $30 trillion in debt in the first place is because the money we have is not backed by gold or silver, which again is unconstitutional. And the only reason the government or the United States is the most powerful economy is because we have the world reserve currency, right? So we just, we export, it's called exporting debt. We export our debt to other countries. And uh, yeah, I mean, even that, I mean, Paul Krugman, he was a, I believe he was a Nobel Peace Prize winning economist. He's like the, the biggest government supporter for you know economics ever and even he has a quote saying that the u.s dollar is backed by by men with guns so i well i guess my communist system my question would be is do do you think going back to a gold standard would fix things i think because i just don't think yeah i think bitcoin would would honestly fix a lot of much of how the earth works i really do Mm, I want, there's some wild con- conspiracy theorists. I don't know what to call them surrounding Bitcoin and exactly who created it, but I, I'm just not sure that going to something like Bitcoin or back to a physical standard like gold or silver would necessarily fix anything just because that's just not how the global economy functions anymore. The global functioning, excuse me, global economy used to function all the time. Under a gold standard. In 1944, you had uh, the Bretton Woods Agreement. It was right after World War II. A bunch of the, you know, basically the yeah, world's no, superpowers but... got together and said, hey, we're going to, uh, the US dollar was backed by gold at the time and had mm-hmm. the strongest economy. So all these countries said, we're going to, you know, back our dollar, our, our national currency with the value of the US dollar. So we had a, you know, we had a global economy on the gold standard. Here's the reason I think Bitcoin is a much better solution is because and Satoshi talked about this, is, uh, you know, under a gold standard, you still, it still requires trust. You still need to trust that your government is not going to debase the currency. And history is like every example of fiat currency, it just like our currency we use today, it's called fiat currency. In Latin, it means Mm -hmm. value by decree. Every example of governments always inflate them. Even from, you brought up the Roman government, even from the Roman times, you know, I mean, you had the denarius, uh, which started off with 95% silver and then end and, and was discontinued at like less than 1% content of silver. Yeah, so because they inflated it because they needed more to fund foreign wars. Yes. Yeah. I'm happy. Okay. So we agree. Yeah. But I mean, it's still a trust-based system, right? Whether it's a physical currency or nothing like that, you still are trusting that what you're getting is what people are saying it is. And then, Things like Bitcoin, I just don't think there's enough information about it. Like nobody, like one of the one of the big things that I've read on Bitcoin is they think it was created by the Russians. Mm-hmm. So if you look at that, right, and everyone transfers their economy to be backed by a Bitcoin standard, right, and you say it was the Russians, the, I, I don't know if I believe this, this is pretty out there, yeah. But it was created by basically Vla- Vladimir Putin and his Secret Service, whatever it is. And as soon as like the world goes to that kind of like backing of their currency they're just going to get rid of it yeah so that's i mean russia sure does get blamed for a lot um yeah so the thing with bitcoin is the more russia has done some pretty horrible things you know same as us but you know they're just not so good at hiding (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah i was going to say the thing with bitcoin is the more you study it you know generally the more confident you get in it and it's it's called you know open source, open source code. Anybody can, you know, look at the Bitcoin network, look at how it's, it's designed and 
You know, there's mm-hmm. literally nothing being hidden with, with Bitcoin. And in fact, the only way that you could kill Bitcoin is by doing one of two things. One, you would have to shut off the internet globally, simultaneously, right? All at once, which I would venture to say is impossible. And two, you would have to go all around the world and destroy what's called a node. And uh, a node, a Bitcoin node is uh, basically a small little computer that audits the supply of Bitcoin, um, you know, verifies transactions that occur. And, you know, if you have a Bitcoin node, you don't have to trust in anybody. You can literally see for yourself that there are only 21 million. And there are like anywhere from studies show anywhere from 10,000 to 100,000 different nodes all over the world. So you would literally have to go door to door to every single Bitcoiner with a node and destroy it in order to kill Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah I just think I think it's unrealistic to expect a global economy to make such a drastic change like that. I I, I think it'll happen eventually. That's um. If you look at El Salvador, I, I told you about them. They recently adopted Bitcoin as national currency. And what you're going to see, in my opinion, is eventually it's called game theory, right? So you had after the president of El Salvador announced that Bitcoin would be legal tender, you had like five or six different politicians in all of Latin America talking about Bitcoin, you know, and doing the same thing. So it's not going to happen all at once. I think, uh, you know, Bitcoin is designed in a way that because there are only 21 million, it provides an incentive for you to have a piece of the pie, including politicians. And, you know, if a politician makes Bitcoin legal legal tender in their area, they're going to have a lot of business coming in. And they like that. So, you know, it could take some time, but I think it's entirely possible. Yeah, maybe. I just don't think there's enough people that own Bitcoin for it to be useful, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you're saying in order to trade in commerce. Yeah. For, well, for it to be a more common form of commerce, right? Yeah. What what did you say? There's only like 21 million of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you have 21 million. I mean, that's like for most countries, that's not even enough for like everybody to get one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's, so that's the cool thing is they're divisible up to eight decimal points. So you can hold, you know, small fraction of a of a bitcoin and uh i was going to say something oh yeah amc uh amc movie theaters recently said they would start accepting it so we're going to see yeah, more I mean, and more you, of it dude we're going to see yeah, a lot you more can companies. find a lot of companies that will accept bitcoin yeah you can go and there's a lot of places i've been noticing um, i've traveled the country recently there's a lot of places that you can go in and you know exchange money for bitcoin get a bit like get a bitcoin wallet and just you know exchange your money for bitcoin that's cool. So yeah, I mean, it's twelve years old, so it's it's not it's not going to yeah, be overnight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, it's definitely growing, and yeah. there is, I think there's definitely potential. I think it's cool that it made a lot of people extremely wealthy in a short amount of time, and I think it'll just you know become more and more accessible, like you're saying, as time goes on. But I don't think I wouldn't say it would be realistic to see a shift to Bitcoin being like what's backing you at like national currency for any country. Yeah. The U S is definitely going to be the last, but um, yeah. Well, Hey, uh, I guess, I don't know. I I forgot to bring this up, but uh, 
I don't know. I don't even know if right now is the right time, but back to the government thing, uh, over 200 and well, I don't know. Should, should we end here? It's been about an hour and I, I think we're, we're, we're pretty well exhausted at this point. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest or I can keep going, but you know, I don't want our, our viewers to get bored or. No, no, I, I think, uh, I think an hour is a good amount of time considering, you know, you're probably not going to change my mind on those things. I'm not going to change your mind. So I just think it's, you know, had a good exchange and you brought up some really good points Yeah, and, yeah. you know, like it's just stuff to think about. Um, I hope that you keep a more open mind about certain things. Um, but, uh, no, nah, dude, I think, I think that was pretty good. I agree, man. I agree. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I, I, I hope you at least consider this. I do definitely have an open mind, which is, you know, I would venture to say closed-minded people don't become anarchists and publicly talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but dude, these are seriously dangerous organizations, in my opinion. Like they've, over the last century, governments have killed over 260 million of their own people. There's a book written about it. Uh, it's called by mm-hmm. Death by Government, written by R.J. Rummel. Um, you know, the U.S. government's almost $30 trillion in national debt. Um, I, I just, I, I don't think human beings need to have other human beings control them, you know? So but anyways, if you want to rejoin, uh, I, you're more than welcome to come on and, you know, maybe we, we could debate the military at some point or whatever, but, um, yeah, I respect man. you and I, I appreciate you a lot and I, I miss you, man. Mm-hmm. Miss you too, but that's, so I reached out and just wanted to make sure you're doing all right. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate mm-hmm. it, brother. Yeah, dude. Cool. All right. Peace, brother. Peace, man. Stay safe.